0: I have a quick question for you. Are you hiring right now? We're trying, man. It is hard in the legal marketing world to hire great people. It's also hard in the legal world to hire great people. I'm seeing all sorts of of difficulties with people hiring. And it just seems that we're in this very weird macroeconomic climate with crazy inflation. No one wants to work. (laughs) We'll see how long we can continue this tap dance. Is that what it is? Is that people don't want to work? Is that the problem? I I can at least tell you, I mean, you're probably seeing this in the internet marketing world as well. There's just massive demand for great talent. And the other thing, and you and I both know this, is a lot of the great talent doesn't want a job.
1: Yeah. I was recently, as you know, I was at the uh, ABA Tech Show planning session. This was actually a, a big topic. Well, maybe not big, but it was a topic that came up. is uh, really across the board whether it's staffing firms, outsource partners, marketing in the context of trying to find talent. Like, and we actually work with a couple of different recruiting firms too, and they're saying the same thing. It's just yeah. like, so I don't know. It's an
0: interesting thing. It's tough to hire right now. I don't want to go down this too far, but we have a handful of clients who are aggressively going offshore for their legal work. You seeing the same yep. thing? That was part of the conversation. Yeah, that was yeah. validated by some of the uh, conversation
1: at the tech show planning Okay. Yep. What else are we going to talk about today, Gee? Let's talk about some things. Talk about some news. We're going to talk about some dumb stuff lawyers do. I'm not saying it. It's really? Your, if it's your brand. Yeah. Why? We're going to talk about reviews and how not to do reviews. I feel like reviews comes up, but it's important, and we still see lawyers handling it poorly. And then we're going to uh, rock some numbers on ad spend during COVID. It seems only appropriate that, sadly, as we navigating or not successfully navigating this Delta variant that we're about to face round two, probably, in a lot of regions. So, Mr. Lockwood, hit that wonderful theme music.
2: Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice, here on Legal Talk Network.
0: Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. Before we get started, we wanted to thank our sponsors, Alert Communications, Clio, and Yaw. All right, let's do some news.
1: First, congratulations to Hello Divorce, who has secured $2 million seed round. I think this is fantastic news. I'm very happy for their entire team. I think what they're doing over there is super cool.
0: You know the interesting thing, Gee? In our very last podcast, you and I both scoffed at the idea of venture capital being involved directly in a law firm. And yet, here we go, turn around, we were wrong. So, let's swallow our scoff and applaud venture capital getting directly into a law firm. Really fascinating.
1: And a law firm that's focused on affordable, meaningful legal counsel. Enabled through technology. Yeah. And I think the other thing for lawyers who are listening to this, who are like, I don't care about VC investments in blah, blah, blah. This is also an example of a lawyer turned tech entrepreneur, right? Like, I think we're going to see more of this. So anyway, awesome. Great to see. News item two, Clio acquires... Court calendaring company, calendar rules, Clio's second acquisition. And you know, I think everybody's been waiting for Clio to make an acquisition. So this is an interesting one. Makes sense in terms of trying to streamline the interfacing of lawyers and courts, right? That's kind of the, the game plan there. Finally, more in your cup of tea, Conrad, a cup of coffee. you drink tea, Conrad?
0: I. You know what's strange? Because I'm... Not originally American. Uh, I grew up on tea. No tea. Earl Grey oh, tea you grew up on in tea. China. Earl Grey. Mm-hmm. There you
1: go. Something new we learned about you. There you go. Uh, Google's search link spam update rolling out. What do we think about this? Are we well, are we banning down the hatches like everybody? The sky's falling. Google update. I think the
0: sky's possibly falling if you have been relying on poor links for a while. So I think there's a couple of things to note of this. One is they specifically, and, and this is semantics, but it's important semantics. They specifically said, this is not a penalty. Right, However, might feel like one. <laughs> it, it will feel like one, if they remove all of the value of a bunch of links that have been propping up your site over time. And so whether they call it a penalty or we're no longer recognizing the value of those links, The net effect is the same. And so this comes a little bit on the tails of the conversation around the scholarships being specifically called out and being specifically a concern for law firms. And so it's fascinating to me to see what will actually happen. I suspect, Guy, the data that we have for our clients will show nothing and it'll be a big yawn. But it's very possible that some firms get hit hard.
1: So it must be a slow news cycle.
0: Slow news cycle. All right. Not much more to say about that. What else we got? So my favorite, and I'm not going to call it, is dumb shit lawyers do. This is my... Right. This was like, I think when we first talked about the podcast, this was like the, one of the things that I really wanted to have. We would, well, say. I think this was part of the conversation. Like, Were we going to rebrand to this? <laughs> to, to just this? <laughs> just this. <laughs> yeah. i was listening to david baker this morning and they were talking about writing books and i, I remember when i wrote my book what a, a huge undertaking um, um, i didn't realize how hard it would be to actually write a good book and i decided I would well how do about any- just a book yeah <laughs> are you suggesting my books just marginal no i'm not saying anything
1: <laughs> i'm just asking you what you think
0: but i thought about if the only thing i would ever do if i were to write another book would be called dumb Shit lawyers do because there's lots of it so, and this came out of the, through the ABA Journal, but it's been kind of widely covered. A lawyer reprimanded for responding to negative online reviews with embarrassing client information. So, Geet, let's talk about this specific matter here. Who was reprimanded and why? So, a lawyer's client, unhappy
1: client, went online and said, horrible attorney, very crooked attorney on a Google My Business listing. So, a review. Right, left a review on Google, and then the lawyer responded with the client's criminal record, name, and all other kind of stuff that violates ethics rules related to confidences and just (laughs) practicing law in general. And so, you know, there he's facing a reprimand. I don't, I don't know what What to say. What can we say? What can can (laughs) we say? They don't teach about online rules during the professional ethics class, professional responsibility class in law school, I guess that's what we can say. But, you know, this one's particularly egregious. But constructively, you know, lawyers ask, you know, they see this stuff and they're like, well, what should we do? What can we say? And, you know, obviously, the risk. our full disclaimer, you know, depends on the state you're in probably,
0: but... Well, I mean, that's that's like the ethics answer, but on the marketing answer... Yeah. Right. I, I think it looks to me like these people responded immediately. <laughs> right. Like I'm so mad. I'm going to burn you to the ground, which is rarely a good place from which to respond to someone who's unhappy. Right.
1: And, you know, I think that's the other thing that came out of this. You know, they just for people that haven't read the story, uh, you can just search for a lawyer gets reprimanded for responding to negative online review. I think it's in Oregon, but you know, Listing your client's criminal history in your Google response to your Google My Business review,
0: just flat out not smart. Not even close. But apparently, this isn't the only one, the only story on this subject, right? So, I mean, this happened, this is in my home state, uh, Washington, Vancouver, Washington. There's a couple that left negative reviews and have now been sued by the roofing company for $112,000. Which is an interesting approach for the roofing company to take. This is this has been called the Streisand effect. So the story was Barbara Streisand sued a photographer for taking a picture of her very large mansion because she didn't want anyone to know how very large her mansion was. And then of course, when that was publicized, everyone knew how very large her mansion was. And the theory it's is, big basically, too, by the way. It's really big. I've lived through this uh, a few times, but. It basically says the more you try and shut down information online, the more that information actually populates and gets distributed. And so going after someone who sued your company um, or who reviewed your company with a lawsuit, questionable. It also raises anti-slap questions, whether or not you can threaten those lawsuits or file those lawsuits in order to try and get some information taken down off the web. Again, not... It does not paint people in a great light when they fight back with reviews this way. Right. Gee, any recommendations? So like, let's give your first two tips on, you got flamed on a review, you know who it is. So in this case, they very much knew who it was. What do you do? What are your first two steps? Is it a client? Yeah, it's a client. You know
1: it's a client? You know it's a client. Step one is understand why the client's so angry. Because when we get to what you can actually do practically for this review, it's not much. It's, sorry, you had this experience. Maybe you say, please feel free to contact us, blah, blah, blah. But that's about the extent of it. But here's the thing. This is the thing that when you look at these reviews, you look at these negative reviews, and look, there's some that there's just nothing you could do about, right? We have one. AttorneySync has one. A person just called up, had a single conversation, never worked with us, had a single conversation with my business partner and put us on blast on all these different sites because I think he accused Jeff of being belligerent, but he really just didn't like that. We were having some pricing conversations and he didn't like it. Nothing you can, you know, what are we going to do? Sorry you had that experience. But the real question for a lot of these negative reviews that I get into is like, tried to get a hold of this lawyer, wouldn't return my calls, right? You know, yeah. disappeared with my money. That's an obvious one, right? There's no response there, right? Don't disappear with the money, respond to your clients. But the bigger point here is, is like the best cure for this stuff is to fix the experience. And so many times it's something that went wrong in that process, whether it's the intake process or the keeping the client posted. I mean, lawyers know this stuff, right? They've known it for forever. It's the number one source of bar complaints. It's the number one source of grievances. Follow up, keeping clients in the loop about what's going on, answering questions, and guess what? You know, this, it takes me back to an early avocating. Many, many years before it was Lawyeronomics. Yeah. Yes. And Rich Barton was talking about this. But, you know, if it can be reviewed, it's going to get reviewed. And so really what's happening, the only difference from now and then is that people are like, oh, I have, an out- I have a mouthpiece to actually publish my bad experience. So fix your bad experience. That's my little rant. What do you got?
0: <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> the funny thing is, it's actually... A very hard problem to fix. We have a client who has one lawyer, among many, who gets flamed reviews all the time, right? It's this one lawyer who is the problem, who now represents the other seven lawyers in the firm, who it looks like they represent the other. It's indicative of working with the rest of the firm. So the interesting thing is, when you get that referral, you're referred to the individual, not the law firm. And it's important that, you know, Bill or Susan, the individual, is a great lawyer. When you're reading reviews about a firm, if Bill or Susan is miserable, that casts a shadow on the entire firm. And so it's it's a hard problem to fix, it really is. Okay, and now we're gonna take a break.
1: As the largest legal-only call center in the US, Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com forward slash LTN. No one cites routine drafting as the reason they chose to become a lawyer, but that's where a lot of time goes for solo practitioners and small firms. LawYaw can help you transform your existing Word documents into reusable templates with no coding required. Save time and avoid errors with intuitive features like conditional logic. Use a tool that empowers your experience and expertise. Learn more at lawyaw.com. That's
0: l-a w y-a-w dot com. Now it's time for the Legal Trends Report Minute brought to you by our great friends at Clio. Guy, according to the research from the World Justice Project, 77% of legal problems don't receive any legal support. I go back to my very, very early days learning about the legal industry and technology, and one of the things that Mark Britton Taught, we talked about this in my very first interview with Britain, was how technology was going to make the law more accessible to more people, and yet it seems we still have a long way to go with that. Yeah,
1: and you know, again, I think that's kind of the good news story of Hello Divorce, right? They're they're part of solving that problem, but it is a huge problem, and it's I don't, it's not a simple problem, right? And I don't think it's a technology only solution either, but certainly can play a
0: role, and I think. Cleo's research plays that out. And I think Cleo's trying to help bridge that gap as well. So technology, bringing legal to more clients. Like there's lots of examples of where that has happened. Even think about what is all now our new normal is Zoom, right? Like we don't have to physically be in the same place, which is a barrier in many cases. There's lots of way that tech will continue pushing. And I think you're right. You mentioned the venture capital infusion into hell of divorce. Like I think it was a 2 million investment. Is that right? I think that's right. Which is a pretty small venture capital investment, but I suspect they're looking at all of, and I mean, you get this with, with, I'm sure you get this with family lawyers all the time, like, hey, what I really need is more qualified clients. And when you say, what is a more qualified client? What they really mean is more wealthy and can afford me, right? And so there is a gap between what people can afford and the supply in the legal industry. And so, that's why I think we see technology kind of bridging that gap specifically with this venture capital investment with Hell Divorce.
1: Yeah. And I think in the context of what the legal trends research might suggest also is, is that, you know, take flexible payment options as one yep. example, being able to access people, clients, and giving them an option to pay might actually open up a new segment of the market that you might not have considered before if you didn't have flexible payment options, right? So, you know, obvious one would be if you can if you can take other forms of payment that particular people, a bigger group of people um, might not have access to, by opening that form of payment, you've now accessed a new market segment. So there's I, – and I think this is another theme in the, in the access to justice thing. And I know that this is – some people disagree about this, but the business case for access, I think, is going to be a part of the solution. And so when you can make it – when you can talk through things like, oh, yeah – being more flexible on payment actually is good for business too. Right. That's how you, you know, bridge that gap,
0: at least in part. So at, at the risk of pitching something specific that I'm involved in, Justice for me is a is a firm that I've made an investment in that basically enables lawyers to get paid immediately on the credit of their clients. Right. It's in the same way that you would finance a car, you can finance your divorce. And it's making those payment options more open for people, and that opens up not just a market for more lawyering, but the legal industry to less do-it-yourselfers on the divorce side, and so there's value there to be had. Okay, we went down a little bit of a sidetrack, but to learn more about these opportunities and much more for free, download Clio Legal Trend Report at clio.com slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O. Do we still have to spell Clio out? I know that's in the show notes here. I think moving I think forward do. we're we're going to we're going to not spell it next time and see if they pull their sponsorship. Ha. Let's talk numbers.
1: So here's a number for you Conrad. Hit me. 12%. That is the percentage that digital ad spend grew in 2020 despite the pandemic. That is not just legal, that is overall, right? Yeah, that's big advertising spends. Okay. But, you know, again, just looking across some of these other numbers, 65% of marketers plan to grow current investments up 20% this year, and that's in TV ad spend on connected TV. So I think the the numbers here that we're talking about today are the impact of COVID with respect to advertising. And it, and it harkens back to a conversation we had really towards the outset of the pandemic, the first wave, maybe early-ish waves of you know, making the decision of is like, you know, what should I do? Right. I'm in a place where like numbers are going back up. You know, Fauci just the other day said he expects us to be at a 100, between 100 and 200,000 new cases a day. And so we're kind of like deja vu on some of these conversations and decisions. Now, hopefully from a business development standpoint at your firm, you've addressed a lot of the basics, right? A lot of the how do I deliver services online so I can stay open so I don't have to shut off my advertising marketing altogether so that I can actually uh, still take payments online, a lot of technology things. I mean, it's been a year now, year and a half, almost coming up on two years. And so we're not going to talk about those basics, but let's talk about in the you know, legal marketing show, let's talk about in the context of advertising, how you think
0: about these things and advise clients. Well, so I mean, right now, I think every law firm, so I'm making one political, it's not even political, this is just a math assumption, that we are going back to a, we're going to experience COVID again, and the ramifications of COVID again. I'm making that assumption. If you disagree with me, well, we don't even have that conversation. But if you believe that is the case, I think what you should do is look back at what happened during the first wave and how some firms responded and how some firms didn't respond. I go back to a really fascinating study. Mike Ramsey, this is gonna turn into a plug for Bedlam. So here's the plug for Bedlam. Mike Ramsey at the last Bedlam conference gave some data out regarding two different approaches to, and the data that he saw from his clients, two different approaches to dealing with COVID. One was to cut your budget, cut your advertising spend, like just preserve that cash with the assumption that nothing was going on and therefore why advertise? And the other was to continue to invest. And sometimes, and we had this with some of our clients, to reinvest in more marketing, right? Especially kind of that that branded marketing. So- Mike's data was really, really fascinating. Mike showed that those people who were reliant on organic traffic and cut their advertising budget, those firms, on average, across lots of different firms, their leads were down 25%, which is kind of what you would expect. It's a bit of a no-duh. You stop advertising and demand for legal services dries up. Yes, leads are going to be down. What was fascinating to me, what I did not see coming, Guy, was that those firms that continued in their advertising continued to buy traffic while their overall website traffic was flat their leads were actually up so what happened in these studies here is the cost of advertising dropped because people fell out of the market and it is a supply and demand perfect market and so as people drop out of the market prices decline and Mike actually said that leads for those clients were up 20% during COVID. So his his takeaway on this was that during these times of concern and question and chaos, the firms that were in a position to continue to advertise actually really they didn't just survive they were thriving. And I thought that was really fascinating. Right. Yeah, and I, I mean look I
1: think this is like there there's a HBR I think we've talked about this before, but you know the classic study is is really more in the context of like an economic downturn, which you know I don't think it's fair to say that that's guaranteed to happen. But it did during the previous wave. People pull marketing; that's the first thing. Cut marketing, right? Where can we cut? We got to ride out this storm. We want to hoard cash so we can survive. And it turns out that most of the time, that the ones that are you know taking advantage of that we'll call it a frothy economic climate they actually are able to win more market share. And part of it, I think, is there's a vacuum, right? Nature doesn't like the vacuum. So the firms that fill in that vacuum, they take market share. But I think that the other – you made this point, and I think that this is actually the real opportunity. It's not just about winning direct response leads during the vacuum. Exactly That's part of it. But now the real vacuum is lack of brand voice. And so getting people to now be like, you're the person – you become the lawyer that's building the awareness and developing, nurturing those relationships and staying top of mind. That's where the real
0: opportunity is. There was an investment fund that is now closed, has been closed for decades called Contra Fund that came out from Fidelity. And the whole premise of the Contra Fund was we're betting against what everyone else thinks. And the don't it, pass line at the craps table. It, it is, the you don't, don't, you're not a craps player. I am not a, I'm not a gambler. I, you know, no. Well, you are. You're an entrepreneur. Yeah, I gamble a lot more than with dice, right? Um, we, you know, <laughs> the other thing that we said last last session that I really enjoyed: if you're not going to gamble on yourself, if you're not going to invest on yourself, go work for someone who will. That was a good gambling line. No, but so so the whole point of the contra fund, and and you guys know this from just basic investing, was like don't do what everyone else is thinking about. And they were deliberately looking for opportunities where everyone else thought it was a bad idea. And I love that perspective. And we're seeing this with the way lawyers responded to COVID. Most people jumped out, save cash, preserve turtle, let's make sure that we can ride it out. The ones who who didn't, who took the contra approach to this, benefited from the changes in supply and demand and they killed it. That was Mike's perspective, and and we've just seen it. You can look at, I mean, any investment. The thing about the housing market right now, who wants to jump into the housing market right now, right, as an investment? This is the worst time to do that, despite the fact that everyone is experiencing gains right now. Buying a house today as an investment, terrible idea. Wait till everyone else is out of the market, and then it looks much more attractive.
1: Yeah, I think some of the other just uh, kind of wrap this point up on some of these numbers. And again, this is, I think this is from an IAB internet advertising bureau report, social media ad revenues make up 30% of all internet ad revenue all the time. I think there's another story in there. And I know this, this might be a future conversation for us because I know you have thoughts and feels on the social media, really more on the social media marketers themselves than actual social media as a platform, Well, uh, but it's growing I mean, it's growing video up 20% year over year, video ads up 20% That's another area. So I think for a lawyer who listens to the show and is like, wants some, you know, try to give something tactical here. If you don't have a, a budget for paid social and you don't have a budget for video, those would be things I might be thinking about now, or, or at least looking into as you're through Q3 and into Q4, if you're starting to do some planning for 2022, this is where people's attention is. People are online and it's social and video are the fastest growers. And
0: you said something really key here. And I want I want to hammer this point home. There's a big difference between social media and advertising on social media, right? And I don't know why, but lawyers seem to not be able to see this. So you may not want to shoot TikTok videos behind your leather-bound books, in front of your leather-bound books, which by and large, I would support you not doing that with few exceptions. Unless you can really dance. <laughs> and, <laughs> Pizza Man dance. Oh boy. No, but my point is that doesn't mean that you can't be on TikTok, right? Like, and so there's a huge difference. And I don't know why people don't understand this. There's a huge difference between social media and advertising on social media. And what Guy and I are talking about right now is advertising on social media, not your own TikTok channel.
1: Right. I think that's a really important distinction. And, you know, again, it's the the point here is it's like it's bringing brand and awareness building back to the forefront where, again, there's this, um, this has been this, like, you know, attribution is everything and direct response ads and, you know, click, call, client, right? Click, call. And I'm guilty of it, too, because, again, you know, search, it's efficient, it's trackable. It's linear. Um, and not say- yeah, don't throw it out the window. But also, let's not overlook that, you know, people, you see it all the time. I mean, Burger King proved this a long time ago. You show
0: people enough pictures of a Whopper, people eating Whoppers. Ad consumption works. For the Whopper, it was 27 images of a Whopper increase your likelihood to eat a Whopper. It's just mind-boggling to me. Just, Just think about what it takes, like 27 impressions. It's not that much. Right. It's not that much. And and again, that those impressions, a lot more affordable than clicks for like mesothelioma lawyer. Something to think about. Something to think about. So while you're thinking about that over the next two weeks, waiting for the next install of the Guy and Conrad show, it's been great having you guys again, as always. If you would like to leave us a review, we heartily endorse it. If you'd like to flame us, do that privately. But send those. We can't respond negatively to podcast reviews anyway. So we we will not sue you if you send us a negative (laughs) review for the podcast. I'm not saying that you're not. (laughs) All right, all right. He will come after you.
1: Depends on what they say.
0: All right. So with that, thank you guys very much for joining us for another episode of Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, and we will catch you again in two weeks.